Welcome to the Claudio Rosano Show on ClaudioRosano.com, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Claudio will be speaking to sports legends from the 70s, 80s, and 90s about their careers, business, and what they're doing now. He will also hold roundtable discussions with some old friends about trending topics in the world of sports. And now, here's Claudio. Hello, everyone, and thank you so much for tuning in to the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. As always, want to thank my fantastic producer, Adam Zalouf, who I could not do the show without Adam, and Rick Mitchell for the intros and the outros. Uh, today's guest, Rick Mitchell, sports expert, hockey expert, entertainer, former coach of the Raiders, greatest softball team of all time, and Nick Kaplack, who's won numerous championships in Medina baseball and is a legend out that way. Uh, and even here in Pittsburgh, he's a legend too. We don't want to cut him short, Rick, but uh, thank you both for being on the show. Always glad to be here, Claude. All right. Thanks, Claude. All right, Nick. Okay, Rick, we're going to start off with you. Uh, the Pens, you're the general manager. Are you happy? Number one, are you happy with the season? Did you get the most out of what you had? Number two, what would you do for the upcoming seasons? Um, that's a that's a tough one because you know I, I don't think the Penguins have been happy for the last three or four seasons. You know, bowing out in the first round as they as they've done. Um, you know, I, I think they they got a lot out of this team this year. Um, and and I think they would have uh, gone a little further if uh, New York hadn't kind of gooned it up a little bit and uh, and uh, taken some guys out. Uh, the 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 Pens may have won that series, and they probably would have won the series. Um, that having been said, you know uh, injuries were a problem, especially late uh, down the stretch. Um, a couple of guys weren't as productive as they kind of needed to be, especially in the playoffs. So uh, if I'm the GM, no, I'm not, I'm not satisfied with it, with how the season ended. Um, if I am the GM, my, my three big focuses are Brian Russ, which uh, luckily they have re-signed him. Um, Raquel, hopefully they re-sign him and Latang. And uh, I think maybe Latang might give the Pens a, a hometown discount. Tough to say because this may be his last big contract. Um, and uh, Malkin, uh, you know, uh, being a business as it is, you know, I say thanks for the memories and and you know, see you later. Um, but my my three priorities are, are Rust, Raquel, and Latang. And so now, hopefully they get that done. Is Flurry a free agent now? Uh, I don't know if he's a free agent. Um, I'm not too sure he'd come back to the Pens if he was. Uh, th there was ample opportunity for the Pens to 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 you know, trade for him. Um, I don't know for sure if he uh, put the Penguins on his no trade list, but you know you kind of understand. You know if he if he did do that because the way his career with the Penguins ended. Um, was I, I still I still think the Matt Murray uh, whole Matt Murray thing was a mistake. Um, the two cups in a row notwithstanding, but um, and I know a lot and everybody says well it was they they had to do it because Murray's younger and Flurry wants too much money and all that stuff. Okay, maybe those two things are true, but Flurry has still played 
at an incredibly high level since he's left the Penguins. He won a Vesna Trophy. I mean, with with, with Vegas. So and, and Matt Murray, well, and, and he did go to um, to Ottawa, <laughs> which is Siberia right now for uh, for a goaltender, but um, he has not played uh, well. So you know, I think that whole thing was a mistake. But but uh, Murray was a, a Mike Sullivan guy, and that's just the way it, it it panned out. And you know, they had they had the immediate success with the two cups, but then now they're left with a goaltending situation right now which is in sort of a state of flux uh tristan jari is a is an exceptional goaltender but he has yet to prove himself in the playoffs this year he was hurt coming in so into the playoffs so there you go but uh their their backup situation obviously is not great so uh it would be great to have flurry back whether he would come back even if he is a free agent would remain to be seen yes or no would they have gone further with Fleury as a backup, which means, which would have meant that he would have played more in the first round. Would they have gone further if he was the backup? Oh, no, without a doubt, without a doubt. You had a, you had a third string, what amounted to a third string goalie in Domingue, uh playing the bulk of your games because, you know, your backup got hurt, you know, in the first game and then, and, and Domingue had to come in, um, but, you know, he he is what he is. I mean, he played as well as one could have expected him to play, and that's in, in, you know, under those circumstances. But Flurry, I, I think the better question was Flurry have been the starting goaltender coming in in spite of Tristan Jari, in spite of Tristan Jari maybe mm. being uh, healthy. Okay. And, and I think Flurry clearly should have been in that situation, would, should have been, would have been the starting goaltender. So I think, yes. Uh, I think Flurry makes a definite uh, – uh, he makes a difference in the series for sure. All right. We're going to talk real baseball now. Nick, uh, before we talk about the Pirates, tell us about your Grays travel team. What's going on with them? Okay, Claude, thanks for asking the uh, Grays. We, we've been having – you know, I've been more busy this, uh, this baseball season than I have been in the, in the past. Um, we have six teams going with the Grays, uh, anywhere from 10U all the way up to uh, 15U. And um, the kids have been putting in in long days uh, of work. It's been it's been really nice to work with the the youth kids. And um, heck, I was in there today from uh, eight in the morning till one o'clock. We do that on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. They're in there with me from uh, for for those hours doing hitting and pitching and. Um, but we've been on the road. We've been playing in tournaments. We've been all over the place. And man, I will tell you, I am learning a lot about baseball. I've seen more things this year in this youth travel. Um, and you know, youth travel is, is a little bit um, more of a new thing to me. You know, I've been in the high school realms for for ages, twenty four years to be exact. And you know, moving into the, the youth thing, um, and the, the, the business end of it have, have the facility here and the things that I'm seeing out there, Claudio and, and Rick, um, the, the, you know, what, what I'm seeing from parents and what I'm seeing from, uh, you know, even, um, opposing coaches is it's, almost maddening um you know and, and I'm, i look at the kids and i wonder why a lot of kids are leaving baseball at a 
early age, it, it, it sometimes it, it just can't be fun for them to, uh, you know, if you hear and see some of these, I'm seeing pitchers that are throwing, you know, in a, in a tournament, 120 pitches in, in a two day span. Um, actually I saw one throw 115 in one day and he was 13. Um, also, you know, seeing, you know, I was at a game yesterday and, you know, opposing coach was, you know, it was a 10 U game, really nice 10 U game. Guys are battling back and forth. And the way I, I look at 10 U baseball is I just want to see a good game. You know, I, I, I'm, we'll coach them up, do everything we can. We want to see a good game. Kids have fun. It was a great game, but it, you know, kind of went a little bit south. You have a coach yelling about a pitcher balking because he moved his shoulder um, looking over to first. And I'm thinking, what planet are we on? I mean, this is a 10 U kid who dipped his shoulder a little bit and the guy's screaming for a buck. And by the way, you can steal second and third at will at 10 U there's leadoffs in, the, in this league. So it didn't matter if the kid moved up or not. And he's screaming and yelling. And it's like, wow. Um, you know, and, and, and it was, um, yeah, it was just, uh, just that kind of stuff is just really taken away from what it should be about. There's a lot of, a lot of that behind the scenes type of thing. And, we're, we're of the age now where we're, you know, what I've also seen is no kids can sit the bench. Um, you know, when we played, you know, go back to our, our days over there, at the Quaker Valley, uh, you know, Swickley, Leachdale Recreation Association. It was big time for us. But you know it what? Sure was. We learned at nine how to sit the bench because we played nine, 10, 11, 12. You came in your first year. And you're looking at 12-year-olds, and you're like, yeah, I might play my two innings today. I'll be very grateful if I do. And now that can't happen. We have kids that, you know, you'll, you'll see, you know, everybody. It's just, it's just not there anymore. It's, it's this. Well, we had tryouts, um, as you know, and, and cuts. And I, yeah. I, I was worried. I mean, I, me personally, I, I did start. I played T-ball at 9 and Little League starting at 10. I did start at 10, 11, and 12. But I was worried uh, at, the, at the beginning because there were cuts and there were it wasn't the age of everybody plays or uh, Rick plays first base the first inning then shortstop the second inning the third no everybody you had a position and that was it it was just and and I don't know if there was ever a better setup than Quaker Valley Little League but um, do you think that the parents who are now coaches it's more about them and their ego than it is about helping that kid. Cause it wasn't that way whenever we were playing. I know my coach in the league was John Shago for the Yankees. Your dad was little league coach. Obviously he's, he's one of those guys that is legendary and still talked about to this day. Nobody talks about those coaches in a negative way. Yeah, never. Um, so do you think it's different now that they just, it's more about them than, than about the kids? Yeah, I, I see it. And, you know, and, and, just go into yesterday, it was, then it was directed towards, you know, I'm coaching, you know, I'm not saying I'm God's gift at coaching, but after about 700 varsity games that I've coached in over the years, I think I can handle a 10 U game. Um, and it was then directed towards me that I didn't, I'm not teaching the kid correctly because he's turning his shoulders a little bit. And I was thinking, man, this is the first time this kid ever pitched. And so, it's, it's when you're and you take it, you just take it in stride and, and say, thanks for the tip and, and you move on. But it's like, it's really, um, it's a different world. Um, 
And then, um, you know, I don't want to go too far into any negativity, but a little bit later, I'm, I'm, I'm yelling at the runner. I, I work with the runner. If a guy's at second base, it's almost automatic. If, a, if any kid's at second base, any age, you know, hey, fly ball to right, we're tagging, fly ball to center left, part way, don't run into easy out here, ground ball behind you, move up. I say that a hundred times, right? right? And then I work, I work on their lead and, you know, and I'll, I'll let them know clear when the pitcher's going home or, or hey, give me another one, step back back but whatever um the game was stopped because i was i was saying clear to my runners at second base um which i've always done and the umpire it, it was complaining to the umpire that i was saying clear while the pitcher was pitching and that's how that's how odd it has got and the umpire just kind of chuckled and says what are, you know what are you talking about here so anyway that that's the kind of thing that we're starting to see and and people are, are, are really adamant about their arguments and they're just, you know, and it, it, there's no excuse anymore because, you know, I look back at the old days and, 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 and our, our, our parents and that kind of thing, they did do their best, you know, get books, they've watched baseball their whole life, do whatever, but there's internet now, there's things out there that you, you can get resources. Now that's another topic we can go down. Cause I, I you know, I'm on my TikTok. I love TikTok, by the way, but I, I'm on the TikTok and the um, and you guys know because I send you all kinds of stuff. But the um, the um, on the TikTok, I'll get all these baseball videos, and I got get these guys that are swinging straight up at the ball. And, and oh, it's a joke. And and when I see hitters that I feel bad because hitters will put their thing out there and they'll say, "Well, what do you think of this?" And I'll say, hey, "But you're losing so much ground on your backside. You're spinning." And um, you and then they'll come back. Well, you know, give me some. And I, and I say, just I'm not arguing with you, but find one major league hitter. Find one major league hitter that doesn't gain ground on their backside. You're not going to find one. You cannot find a hitter that loses ground initially. You, you there's guys like Barry Bonds would come up and then drop back and that kind Bad of thing. Bagwell would but, collapse, but that's another story. Yeah, and, and he, had, he had a little bit of a negative strike. There, there's guys like that, but you're not going to find a guy. You can look all day, all night, right. and you're not going to find a guy that spins out on the backside. You're just not. Or, or open up, you know, open up the front side immediately. And- well, they all open up. I, I, that, that's what's taught, Nick. That, and I get frustrated, and I don't want to go on a rant here like I always do. But you look at these major league hitters. For example, uh, even Cabrian Hayes, who everybody's going crazy over. Nice hitter. And, Rick, you can jump in. If you watch his front foot, it leaks out towards shortstop, and he opens up. And when, mm-hmm. and the bat drags. when he And a lot of times he, he hits the ball to right field. But you think somebody would tell him to stay closed. I mean, we talk about that all the time. Hitting yeah. is the worst taught thing in sports. It's an absolute joke. It makes the sport terrible. Uh, it's, it's just ridiculous. And, and these, every Tom, Dick and Harry coach and these half-ass hitting instructors who are, who, who are taking money, they, they, again, hip, 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 uh, what do they call it? Squash the bug, let the ball travel deep, hit the lower half of the ball to create backsmen. And these announcers are parrots and they say the same damn thing. And then some, uh, college coach and league coach and, and high school coach will, again, parrot what the major leaguers say because if a major leaguer says it, it's got to be right. Well, meanwhile, what do you call a guy who finished last in med school? You call him a doctor. I love Again, I love coaching, love scouting, love training. Watching a major league game is brutal, especially when you know uh, what's be, how, how things are prepared in the kitchen, if you know what I'm saying. It's terrible. It's terrible. 
No, but, and it's it's but it, when we filter all the way down, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's some great youth guys out there. There's some we go up against some really good ones, and you know, there's a guy in our town. We we played a game the other day. I got to tell this story, Claudia. And I'm sorry to take this time, but I I got to tell. So we were playing a game the day before. We were in the in the middle of Akron. And we were playing a game, a semifinal game against a really good team, a really well coached team um, up up here. It's the um, the the Gators. They're they're out of here in in Medina. John Adams coaches that team. He's a great baseball guy, just really good instructor, um, and does things right. So we're we're playing that team, and uh, we were with the Tenues again, and the umpire didn't show up. So I felt like we were with the Raiders. Okay. I felt like this was the Raiders deal. I was like, I was, I was about ready to call Rick and ask him where the umpire was. But, um, so the umpire shows up 45 minutes late. He comes in and, um, you know, we start the game and the first thing he does, he's a little older than me. He's probably in his fifties. And first thing he does, you know, we get the first batter, the count. And I said, blue, what's the count? He goes, it's one and three. And I said, oh, boy, we're in for a long day. And we were. one. In, it was one in three was the count. So not only they can't even find – I think they can't find umpires because – good umpires because they've all been running. They can't take the, they can't take the coaches and the parents anymore. Um, so he tells me it's one in three, and I just took it in stride, okay? So now I talked together. Then the other team, they were fake bunting, pulling back, and stealing. And every time they did it, he called it a strike. And the ball would be thrown over the backstop, but he faked bunt and pulled back. And the coach says, what, what, why is that a strike? And he goes, well, the back crossed the, the plate. You know, that's a strike. Uh, and we, neither one of us argued anything. Like, we both just laughed, and we talked in between innings, and it became – we just had fun with it. But it was maybe the worst umpire game ever. I mean, from a from a three and one count, or excuse me, a, a worse one than the one count. that we had at Manchester, Rick. No, you remember that one, the takeover. Even, but go ahead. It ain't you <laughs> can't <laughs> find. You couldn't get worse than this. The one and three count, the bunts, fake bunts, kind of strikes, and you name it. It was it was on the plate that day. But you know, as a youth coach, you take it and stride. You just you roll with it because guess what? You don't want to mess that game up for the kids. They don't know any different. You know, they might get a little frustrated, but you got to keep it. You know, because because that's kind of the that's well, no, that is the important thing. And um, and I just think a lot of people are out there. Um, a lot of people are out there coaching now, and they're uh, you know. I asked a guy the other day. One day I said, you know, I was. I asked the kid about, you know, he, he had his elbow cranked up to the ceiling. And I said, what, what are you doing? I said, that just, that looks uncomfortable. I go, I don't care if you have your elbow up. I go, I don't care if you have your elbow down. It looks uncomfortable. And, you know, but that's what he was told. And when I say, hey, why, why was he told that? And they don't like, know. Well, I just, I just figured that's what you do because that's what we were told. And it's like, okay, well, you know, and that's, baseball is the toughest. I will, I, I've coached football. I haven't coached anything else. So I can't say, say I coach a bunch of stuff, but I coach football. Coach ba- baseball is the hardest thing in the world to coach because there are so many different aspects of baseball. There are so many different things going on, and but it's comp- a lot of it's common sense, and you don't you know you don't need to to find all these crazy drills that make no, no sense. But you can be a really good baseball coach if you just slowly work at it and you listen to other people that have been around. 
Well, not um, just but, listen, but but verify what's being said, like I said, with the elbow up. If you like your elbow up, terrific. When the pitch comes, your elbow is going to go back towards the umpire and you'll make your swing. Terrific. But if you like your elbow down and you put it up, the first thing it's going to do is go back home. It's going to drop bat tilts. And again, all these Tom, Dick, and Harry coaches with use your hip, use your hip. Well, yeah, you got to use your hip. Use it too much. It's not good. Of course, we have to eat. You eat too much. Not good. Use your hip too much. Not good. And nobody talks about vision. Nobody talks about weight shift. Again, you get some of these idiot announcers who played the major leagues uh, hit the lower half of the ball to create backspin. It's hard enough to hit the damn ball, period, let alone the lower half of the ball. And they lie like crazy whenever they say that they hit the lower half of the ball. That's why it's traveled or there's this you one announcement you know, you know what's crazy is if you extend towards the pitcher you're going to get backspin if it's like backspin golf. if you worry about backspin, i never want yeah golf's different but i never once told anybody how many times have we played and we really paid attention to backspin or, no, or the ball knuckled extend, out there if, that's a bunch of garbage if, yeah but if you ex, if you get extension and you extend towards the pitcher and you have a good swing that you're driving the ball towards the pitcher, you're naturally going to get backspin, just like when you swing a golf club straight. If you pull if you backspin. pull the golf head one way or push it the other way, it's going to spin all over the place. If you really are concerned about backspin, just extend straight through the pitcher's forehead, and you're going to probably get it. I mean, that's just – I just tell my guys, your, hit the ball hard. It's hard to you know, backspin. I, I never talk – Backspin. I tell I tell the kids to hit the the top right portion of the 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 curve on the stitch, and if they can hit that little piece of stitch, um, then the ball is going to carry probably just just right of the center fielder. And if it, if they get it, and if the wind's blown at at twenty miles per hour, then you're going to go down a little bit below that stitch and hit it. That's how ridiculous it's getting. Yeah, it, it is really is ridiculous, and uh, that's why. But a lot of these guys, they, 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 they lie about things, or they think it's the truth, and they know damn well it's not. And they're so cocky and confident about it. The listeners might say, "So is Claudio?" No, I can back it up, and I can make these guys look like asses. Uh, that's for sure. But, um, but, but, but having said that. That's like me walking around saying I know math better than anybody, and then you ask me what two plus two is, and I say seven. You, these guys walk around like they're the cock of the walk when it comes to hitting. Meanwhile, they suck. They don't know how to fix a hole in a hitter's swing. Again, Cole Tucker, I'm, I'm not picking on the Pirates, but I'm just saying Cole Tucker has star written all over him. He's back in the minors. And the other thing that bothers me, and we're going to go into this about baseball, but Again, Cabrian Hayes, these pitchers, these coaches, this is all they have to do is worry about one thing. Their pitchers, their hitters. You can't see the Cabrian Hayes have a, leaks that front foot out towards short every single time. He leans back, he, and you can't hit him on the outside corner. They throw the ball middle in, which is where he's going to hit the ball. It's unbelievable how they, they, they play to their strength. How do you word it? Like, like their weakness, they don't, they don't uh, expose their weakness. They throw the ball right where the guy can hit. But we'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. Well, it We're takes them, to... Claudio, it right. takes them longer. It, it, you, you're going to see it next year after Cabrian Hayes has been in there. He's, it'll be his, you know, he'll be what second and a half year type of yeah. deal. And uh, then, then he won't be able to hit. He'll go in a slump and he'll be down in the minors with the giant contract. And, and real quick, somebody said uh, on one of those pregame shows that he was uh, – 
proven right that they signed Cabrian Hayes because of his power. He said he had a home run yesterday and I was uh, vindicated. He has one home run, I think. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But we're going to talk more about baseball here uh, with Rick and Nick after we come back, uh, after we hear from our sponsors, Roscoe Herring and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, criminal defense attorney, Eric Jackson Lurie, and, and don't forget about my book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, How to Create a Positive Win Culture on the Field. And in the office, you can get that book on my website, ClaudioRelsano.com, John Melvin's melvinpublishing.com, amazon.com, barnesandnoble.com, and the Barnes & Noble in Robinson Township. Don't forget about the best boxing show out there, The Boxing Authorities, with Luther Dupree Jr., Smokin' Jim Frazier, and myself. Uh, you can get that on live.vivtv.network and Channelbox. Uh, go to Channelbox, click on the WBC Live icon, and uh, we're on that station all the time. And uh, don't forget about my uh, YouTube channel, Claudio Relsano TV. Uh, go to that. And uh, there's some exciting news that I have that's going to be coming up within the next couple of weeks about a new project that I am doing. And back to the boxing authorities, uh, Jerry Cooney will be our guest uh, very soon. I'll let you know exactly when. We're looking at it next week, but I'll keep you posted on that. Right back with Nick Kaplack and Rick Mitchell. Dr. Roscoe, I've been talking to my dad and he seems out of sorts, like he can't understand what I'm saying. It's not just a hearing problem, Jolie. It is a health problem. Even with a mild hearing loss, our risk of dementia doubles with age. So let's improve dad's hearing and his health. Let us be the solution to his hearing health care needs so you and dad can experience many years of understanding, laughter, and happy memories. Serving the Dubois area for over 20 years, the Roscoe Hearing Care Center in Dubois, Punxsy, and St. Mary's. The hearing solutions you've been looking for. Call us for an appointment today, 814-375-0455. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar. 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Don Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you. Okay, back to the Claudio Rolsano show with Rick Mitchell and Nick Kaplack. Rick, you heard what me and Nick had to say. Uh, we yeah. were, all three of us were lucky to grow up in the 70s, 80s. A uh, small piece of the 90s where baseball was really good. There's no hit and runs. There's no bunts. There's no steals. The play calling sucks. The hitting sucks. The pitchers, in my opinion, uh, again, this is my opinion. I want your opinion. They, they throw as hard as they can down the middle. Uh, then they go five and a third innings. They come out, standing ovation. They act like they ran 50 miles. Uh, a guy's pitching a no-hitter. Take him out. Everything's okay. Um you say, oh, Claudio, you're old school. No, I'm right school. Your thoughts on what I just mentioned and the game today compared to when we were growing up? Well, I mean, you 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 touched on it. I mean, people are going to accuse us of being old men shaking their fists at the clouds. 
but the the game certainly has changed. I I don't think there's anybody out there that can say it has not changed in the past 30 or 40 years. Now the the question would be, has it changed for the better? And, and you like like you said, it's it's they're they're trying to throw as hard as they can, strikeout, strikeout, strikeout. Trying to, the batters are trying to hit home runs. Nobody hits for average anymore. Everybody wants to muscle up and put the ball over the fence. And that's terrific, but that does not make a good game. That doesn't make the product good. Um, we, we, you know, when, when you had a, a really good team, you know, you had guys that could hit. You got, had guys that could steal bases. You, got, you, had guys, yeah, you had guys that could hit for power. But even the guys that could hit for power uh, could also uh, steal, maybe steal a base or two. They could also, you know, hit for average, things like that with a guy like Dave Parker. Um, but now it seems to be very one-dimensional, the, the game on the pitching side. I think the defense generally in the major leagues is atrocious. Um, the, this, the, this pirate team, speaking of the pirates, this pirate team was supposed to be predicated on defense. They were supposed to be a really good, good defensive team. They're not. Um, and, and it seems to me that the fundamentals are lacking. You, you guys, uh, you guys are, are, you know, professional baseball, men. you know, um, you, you know, you teach this stuff to, to younger kids, um, Claude college kids and, and, you know, the fundamentals are not there, uh, hitting, uh, I mean, you guys both spoke to it very well, but hitting is just, it's, it's ridiculous how bad the hitting is in the major league game today. And why aren't these guys being taught much better uh, coming up? I mean, I I see these, I see uh, the major leaguers hitting. There there used to be a term called stepping in the bucket. Exactly. So many major major league players do that. Exactly. And and you're, you're a major league ball player. How are you? And then I learned that I learned that Chadwick street, 1975 yeah. with John yeah. Shaw go uh, underneath the Swickley bridge. Yeah. 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 Um, and, and it's, you know, again, it, the, the fundamental, it used to be um, a, a ground ball would be hit to short and you go, well, that's an out. Now you hold your breath. You, know, uh, you, you, and, and the, the, the pitching again, nobody's working corners. Nobody's, you know, trying to, Nobody's trying to, to nibble and get guys to bite. It's not happening anymore. So I'm going to throw it past you. I'm going to muscle up and throw it past you at, at, at 92 miles an hour. I mean, that's, that's batting practice. Yeah, you and know, you know, for, you, for, you, 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 mentioned, you mentioned fundamentals. To me, I didn't say he's the best outfielder of all time, but he was the most perfect fundamentally outfielder I've ever seen. And that was Andy Van Slyke. Now I loved whenever he would throw a runner out, he would wait a five ball. He'd wait, 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 catch the ball, momentum coming in, throw it. He looked like Bobby or Rick, you know what I mean? With that body flat to the ground. Sure. Right. Then right. you get Bob walk who would, you would think he would know better. Okay. And he said, well, it's like, you know, his arm was okay, but he, he, he threw the ball four seams. I don't give a damn. Like I had a good arm when I was younger. My arm's shot now, but I can hold it with six seams. It still isn't going to, you know. It's just amazing how people 
don't one guy says something as oh it must be right so they all say the same damn thing so but that's another thing i'm jumping around here but i'm i know at pro trial camps or even college games when a guy is going to advance from third to home the outfielder doesn't wait time it catch it momentum going to that base they catch it take two three steps and heave it fundamentals are gone and, and there was a I was asked, I won't go into too much detail. There was a major league shortstop who was making all kind of throwing errors. And, and I was asked why. And he says, is his arm bad? I said, no, his arm mechanics are good. What he was doing was he was fielding the ball deep, which messed up his footwork, which messed up his arm angle. Was me- he had to rush and messed up his throw. And, and a major league team can't fix it. Or we talked about Polanco or Cole Tucker or Alvarez. There's numerous guys who have the talent but nobody fixed them. And yep. it drives me nuts. It, 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 it's hard. I only watched a game, to be honest with you, because so I know what I'm talking about for a show. Um, now, when Nick tells me, you know, his kids watch it, and, and I like hearing that. I know Vinny, Nick's brother, his his kids, they, they can reel off names and they like it. And and I like, they want to go to the Tampa Bay game well, in Tampa. And I well, like that. Claude, but, yeah. Claude, w- right before you called, I said, hey, I'm going. I'm going to do a doing Claudio show, guys. I said, so I don't want any screaming and yelling in the house. <laughs> I mean, because I have three boys, and then my two oldest boys were like, oh, what are you talking about? Oh, we're going to talk baseball, some things, and literally in two minutes before you called, they were uh, they were like, well, you got to mention, you know, Jack Swinsky's walk off home run. Then, then my my oldest son's like, you got to talk about O'Neill Cruz getting moved up because he he's a six five shortstop, you know, yeah. in, in in Indianapolis. And we'll talk and about then, O'Neill uh, Cruz playing for the Mets in four years or five years. Then, yeah. Then, then they <laughs> said then they said Travis Swaggerty just got called up, Dad. And then my 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 uh, my middle son says Edward Cabrera just threw the fastest changeup, ninety six miles per hour. And I said, can't that just be a, called a fastball then? He goes, well, I mean, he throws 104, and and then um, and then they said about uh, Eduardo Escobar hitting for the cycle. They knew all that within two, just knew it. And that's and good. Me, I, that, I like hearing that. That blew I, me I, away. I love hearing that. And Vinny tells me the same things with his kids, and I like hearing that. But like I said, whenever I was a kid, my dad had a landscaping business. It was this one place where I used to hit apples. That's where I learned how to switch hit. I would pretend I was different players. Um, as community center, so the community center, I would hit rocks. I would pretend I was different players. In the wintertime, I'd go upstairs in my room. I'd get baseball cards. I'd hit. I, I, I would type an, I would tape an old car lighter and I'd tape it. Now that when there's nicks on the ceiling, I still live in the same house. But uh, nonetheless, I loved it. My mom used to say, if there was a baseball in the air, you could be sure Claudio was underneath it. I loved it. I played it. I'm so grateful and blessed and thankful that I'm working in it all these years. This is what my thirty. A 39th, no, 39th, tell them, yeah, 39th year going into my 40th year of working in baseball. How many people can say that? I'm, I'm blessed beyond belief. I thank God, I thank my parents and the people who gave me the opportunity. And I thank me too. But to watch a major league game and listen to these announcers, I have a notebook I'm looking at right now filled with notes from Rooker, Jim Palmer, um, Smoltz a little bit. Uh, Joe Morgan was phenomenal. Uh, Billy Martin, all these guys. One time, Billy Martin did a guest appearance on a show, on a game, Mets Phillies 1978, right before he took over the Yankees again. And they asked him why, I think it was Dick Ruthven, why 
he went to a longer windup as opposed to the short windup he had. And Billy Martin said because he was too quick to the plate. Bingo. Terrific. Beautiful. I write it down. And and I had a guy we used to his name was Brendan McNabb. He used to have a long windup and he was all over the place, but he was much more accurate when he had a shorter windup. So we had him go to the stretch. I, I learned from that. Joe Morgan said if the third baseman is seven steps away from third base, the runner can go seven and a half towards home. You know, little things like that. These guys, all they talk about, uh, they, they all sound like morticians, by the way. They all sound like a damn funeral director. There's no personality. Rick, you know who I'm talking about. Nick, you do too. They cannot, they're boring as hell. They, and then the pirate, and then this one guy, he just keeps saying, uh, he, he he's, um, He's owning himself. He's owning him. That's the new phrase or, or the curveball played or the and we know who we're talking about. He seems like a terrific guy, but God almighty, he's brutal. He is brutal. And and some of these announcers, like, like the Pirates, they lost 21 nothing. He goes, well, you know, they got the uniform dirty. They tried. What the hell? They're getting paid millions. They should try. OK, I, I just can't take it because I have something to compare it to. You know, yeah. if it was. I, I just told the story the other day about getting to meet Lanny. I got to went up, I went up to the the game Allegheny Club with the, um, you know, my dad was, uh, you know, friends with the, the the president of Iron City at the time. Mm-hmm. The kid played on his team, and so he took us up there with the Allegheny Club. Then he took us up in the middle of the game to meet Lanny. I was telling somebody the story. I'll never forget meeting Lanny because I thought it was one of the coolest things because I yeah. grew up listening to him. And I thought he was awesome. Yep. And uh, and he was with, you know, when John Sanders was on there, I moved. Yeah, to I Cleveland. love John Sanders. Yeah, I moved to Cleveland and I put on a game and I'm like, you got to be he kidding me. Excellent. I know that voice. And it was John excellent. Sanders. He came up to Cleveland. And so I got to listen to him up here as well. Um, but but Lanny, John Sanders was good. Uh, Nellie was good. They, they were all. They it were was all just, they, Forget about Prince. I know good. Rick loved Prince and King. Right, Rick? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. To the best, to the best that that have, that have ever done it, and and uh, you know Prince was the uh, the over the top guy. He was the, the the entertaining guy, and Nellie King was the you know quiet, unassuming, but boy, he knew his baseball, and he and he was uh, just uh, you know absolutely spot on when he spoke about situational baseball, uh, this that the other thing, and and they made a terrific pair for for the longest time, and a great voice. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Great, great voice. And, and those guys will, I don't know, Nick, if down the road, like I know Rick loves Stargell. We all have our players and we have our announcers that we like and, and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if your kids or Vinny's kids, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know if they will look because is O'Neill Cruz, is he going to be here for a long time? Is Cabrian Hayes, yeah, he signed a 10 year deal. I would be surprised if he stays here. Very surprised if he stays here for 10 years is like Sarge was here forever. Parker. No, he didn't stay here forever, but you know, he left an imprint. Candelaria, all those guys. Will your kids have that connection with those guys and baseball no, not like pirates. we had? Well, not even Major League club. Baseball, even not Major mean, League like, Baseball overall. Like, yeah, Nick is, is was always a Buster Posey fan, always tried to swing like Posey, dress like him. Do everything like Buster Posey since he was eight years old. That's that's the guy he looked up to and thought was great. And and um, but there's no pirates that they're going to think are are, are phenoms right now. 
I mean, they watch the games each night, um, but that's it's just not stuff out there. And what I said earlier about all the all the different things that that my kids rattled off, they're a little they're the oddballs though. They're right. not the if I go all my kids that play baseball for me, all seventy some kids that we have, and I I even say the name, I mean, they wouldn't be able to do it. Because they just they just don't watch it like we they don't have the baseball cards they don't have that like my, my kids are are just different they love it they play they play MLB the show probably you know in their off time that's what they do and honestly that's you know my one son that's a catcher it's made him a great pitch caller because the game's very realistic and you're calling sure. pitches all all night long um, and he's getting history of baseball with that game that's a great game history of baseball because they're getting different stadiums they're getting older players um you know the the my one son has nolan ryan so then he goes out and gets a nolan ryan shirt these are guys that they never seen but they're using right. them in the show learning about them then pulling up youtube videos and that kind of thing and they're so those legends are uh are being carried on and it's really through through the video game and um which is kind of neat rick let me ask you uh, when I took you to a pirate game a few years ago, we were right on the field basically. And I remember I said yeah. to you, if this was the big red machine, how would we feel? What is the difference between today's players personality wise compared to years ago? Well, you and I talk about this all the time. I think that the movie bull Durham ruined a generation <laughs> yeah. of baseball players. That's for sure. um, everybody, the the, 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 the the message of that movie was everybody has to be the same. Everybody has to conform. Everybody has to, you know, do, uh, you know, you can't be outrageous. You can't, unless you get really successful and then you can do whatever you want. The problem is too many guys in baseball don't get successful, you know, and, and everybody's, it's the cookie cutter answers. It's the way everybody, everybody looks. It's the, it's, it's almost, it's almost a a, a, um, a lack of respect for the people that are asking the questions. Now, I understand media can be brutal sometimes. I get it. You're making league. What's the league minimum these days? It's 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 hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're right. making hundreds of thousands of dollars. You know, you need to be professional and you need to answer questions. You need to stand up and answer questions. You know, but they get they, they, they it's almost this. Uh, they despise the media or they, 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 they shrug the media off as if you're a bunch of peasants. And again, like I said, media can be tough. There's a lot of people out there that I wouldn't want to talk to either, but that's, that's part of the problem is there's no personalities. Now there's absolutely no personalities. Now I watch baseball every night, much to my uh, wife and my son's uh, <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> They're not baseball fans at all. But I watch baseball every night. I love baseball, even the product that the Pirates are putting out. I love baseball. I always have. You know, as, as much of a hockey fan as I am, I, you know, baseball is the, the sport. I, it's the default sport for me to, to watch. And there were, when we, again, we were kids, we, there were a lot of personalities. I mean, you look at the, the Pirate teams of the, of, the, of the 70s. You look at the, you mentioned the Big Red Machine. You look at the Bronx Zoo Yankees. That's you right. know, um, even the, uh, the, the, the Dodgers, of the, of even era. the Mets who didn't win anything with Mazzilli, Montanez, yep. Richie Hebner, yep. you know, yep. and, and, but that, that's, the, that's what's missing. 
in today's game because you can't be you can't have an outrageous personality you can't be um you, you you can't be unusual you can't go against the grain because that you'll you'll be ostracized and i think that's criminal because there's a lot of, of, of players out there that if they would just be themselves and relax I don't know. They Rick. would be. I don't know if I agree. They'd be. They'd be a lot. Be, they. They may be able to play better. <laughs> well, they maybe maybe play better. I don't know. But some of these guys, their personalities are brutal. And and it's even well, like, that's like true. I said, maybe, some maybe of these they, announcers maybe they don't have the personalities. Yeah. With. Right. And, yeah, and some of these announcers. True. Oh my God. It, it's uh, the, it's the they're depressing. the worst. It's, I'm talking they're about the guys worst. who were former uh, players and all that. But, yeah. Uh, not yeah. all of them. The old the older guys are good. Uh, Nick, but, we're, we're good. Uh, Good, Nick. Oh, I was gonna say the the for me the bottom line is the guys just don't play as hard as they used to, and I it, personality shows up when you play hard and you go full out, and you know you you could say whatever you want about Lenny Dykstra. I mean now um, he's a mess, but Lenny Dykstra <laughs> you didn't get cheated watching him, you didn't get yeah. cheated watching Pete Rose, you didn't get cheated watching these guys. Now Dave Parker, they're gonna say yeah he cheated you during the in the you know early eighties. Or whatever, but he didn't cheat you early on, and and he didn't cheat anybody then either. He still went at it. No, he still went right. hard. But but what I'm going to say is the guys now, like we said, you you're on the, you're on the 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 glass pitch count. You're on the I I got a little I got a uh, hangnail. I can't play today. I'm not going to run anything out. I'm not going to dive. Uh, that's just the issue. Like I want to see guys go hard, play play hard, play to win. Um, and I get it. 160 whatever games, you're you're, you're going to be tired. Do whatever. The guys taking breaks. Not you're, you're never going to have uh, another Ripken. Um, no. You just you're not no, going to have no. another Ripken. You're not going to have those guys ever again because they're making too much money. They're too much of a commodity to to push to push it and and actually do what baseball's supposed to teach you. And um, you know, teach you how to grind through things, how to how to man up to certain situations, how to not give up, because they can give up at any time they want and have yeah. somebody else take over and yep. just come in. And it's just a country club sport now, and it, it's not. It used to be a grind, a brutal grind of, you know, and you you know what it's like if you ever played on a really good team or you had a solid high school team, you are you are really sacrificing yourself each and every day for the betterment of the team. That just does not exist. And with free agency being so crazy, it just doesn't exist. I just like, I want to go back to the times where the two teams, when they were doing batting practice, hated each other, ripped on each other and wanted to kill each other before the game. And then you were watching two teams that wanted to beat each other. Now they're out there trading jerseys, trading hats, hugging each other, and they don't, you know, they, they don't want to crush the other team. They just want to play the other team, not get injured, hit their home runs, make their money, and move on. And I get that. If you really love baseball, go watch playoff baseball, high school baseball, maybe go watch college baseball. You're, you're going to get it. Um, another thing, the last thing I'm going to say about you know the running of the game. So we, we wind up we wind up talking about this every time we kind of go down this road, but the um, the recruitment process. These guys that are recruiting people don't recruit baseball players. They're recruiting. I need, I need the guy that's uh six, five, uh, you know, he's five eleven. The other guy's six. Like, yeah, but the sick guy at six, five can't throw a strike. They throw everything the same. Yeah. Right, but we, right. we're, we're going to pass on him. All right. Pass on him. You're going to lose. 
You know, you're losing. My my best player uh, from last year went to Ohio State. People passed on him. Everybody's passed on him. Ohio State gave him a shot, um, and he wound up leading the team in appearances. They would bring him in anytime, anytime there was a fire that needed put out. Bases loaded in the third, and one out. They'd bring him in. He'd throw a double play ball, and then they'd take him out. He would come in. He he would come in every time there was an issue. And you know what? He doesn't pass the eye test. He isn't six five, but he is the the best competitor I've ever coached. And um, so you know, Jake Johnson, it's Jake at, at Ohio State, just competes, and and that's what we're missing. If you just recruited your Division One teams competitors. And you weren't so worried about their 60 time. You know, you're worried about their 60 time, but I watch a game and they're not competing. They're not running anyway. It, they don't steal anyway. Yeah, they're not running anyway. And, and maybe a ball's hit in a gap where he ran it down and the other guy could. But they can't get a time. jump on it. Yeah. Yeah, one out. The air didn't get you. And, and you beat out a throw. Like, we're worried. I, you got to be able to run. Not, don't get me wrong. You got to be able to run. But you're. You know, a guy having a little bit better of a sixty time, or a guy that take that exit velo and and, and shove uh, it. That's just that's Jim Leland too. used to say. I want the players who are good after the national anthem, not before. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, and but yeah, know, Jim it, and Jim Leland was great. And the, the what we're dealing with now is I if I ever and and you know it's 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 a what if, but if I ever and I'm you know leaning towards it, go to the college level. If I ever go to the college, my recruitment would be what the question would be to high school coaches, not summer coaches. What player on your team do you want up in a regional game with a guy on second, two outs, and this is your last at bat? That's who I want on the team. Mm-hmm. I want the guy that you want the ball hit to at yep. the end there. I want too. a fighter. I, yeah. Yeah, that's all I want. Uh, give me 15 to 20 fighters that will will go down swinging and aren't it, it is all about it. attitude i remember real quick when our, our championship teams of cmu uh they were all seniors we got off to a slow start and i said uh i included this on the book i said look we have to win eight games in a row to make the playoffs and one of the kids said you know kind of eight games i said yeah you know how do you win eight games by eating an elephant how you eat an elephant one bite at a time now and then when we broke the huddle I didn't tell them to say this. They just said it. Elephants. Instead of saying win or hits or whatever, they said elephants. Other teams laughed, but I knew that's a special group. We didn't win eight. We won like five or six in a row. But you need, you know, you look at the the dynasties, the the Packers, the Steelers, the Yankees, the Oakland A's, different personalities, but they all had that it factor. They wanted to win. They wanted to be coached, and they worked hard. And, um I don't, uh, I don't see that anymore, but that's, that's me. And I, I think that again, uh, to close the show, I think people like Rick are ruining sports. They're ruining <laughs> everything. Uh, you know, like I said, he, he, people like Rick, just every time they get involved in something, they ruin it. No offense, Rick. Uh, oh, none but, taken. Especially, especially coming from me. You keep giving him a chance over and over again. You keep bringing Rick back out of here, and he ruins the show. And then, then what we got? Rick, uh, Nick, how did Rick's coaching affect you uh, mentally after you left the Raiders? Well, after a lot of therapy for many years to, to, to clean up, the, to undo what Rick did to me as my manager. Yeah. Or he did to um, others. 
Well, you you don't know what weak, I played. Will. You you were always you, you don't you, know you what had, I had to you play. Had no, you had no guts. No, you know it's 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 typical. Typical what I had to deal with. What a group. You don't know what I went through with this man. What what I what I had to do. I played through pain, injuries. It didn't matter. That made you the man you are right now. So right, there you go. That's right. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. As always, appreciate it. It's always fun. And I know the listeners uh, love listening to you. So thank you so much for being on. Always a pleasure. All right, Claude. Thanks, buddy. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, everybody. I know you guys enjoyed that. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thank you to Rick and Nick. As always, want to thank our sponsors, Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center, Don's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, Criminal Defense Attorney Eric Jackson Lurie. My book, Lead from the Heart Up, Not the Neck Up, you can get that on my website. Uh, go to my website and get it. Uh, don't forget about the Boxing Authorities with Luther Dupree Jr. and Smokin' Jim Frazier. You can catch that on Channel Box. Click on the WBC Live link. And also PCTV21, Pittsburgh at Comcast, PCTV47, Verizon uh, on uh, here in Pittsburgh, and uh, my YouTube channel. Check that out. Subscribe to it. Claudio Relsano TV. As always, thank you, Mr. Adam Zalouf. Thank you to the listeners. Subscribe to our show. And thank you, Mom and Pop. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Claudio Relsano Show, brought to you by Roscoe Hearing and Allergy Care Center. Be sure to tune in next time on ClaudioRosano.com. to my mom she can't understand me she gets so cranky and irritable well your mother's ears cannot understand speech sounds and that leaves her trying to guess what you said this makes conversation exhausting for her can we help her Yes, Julie. Once we improve her hearing, she'll be less frustrated and be able to enjoy talking with you again. If your loved one needs help hearing and understanding, call the Roscoe Hearing Center at 814-375-0455. Hearing solutions with the care you've been looking for. The law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available when you need it for all of your defense needs. Maybe it's a DUI, or maybe you found yourself in the wrong place at the wrong time. Whatever the scenario, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are available seven days a week. With a practice based throughout western Pennsylvania, the law offices of Eric Jackson Lurie are conveniently located in downtown Pittsburgh and Fox Chapel. When you or a loved one needs discreet, experienced legal representation, call Eric Jackson Lurie at 412-963-9308. That's 412-963-9308. We want to welcome our newest sponsor, Dom's Pizzeria and Sports Bar, 502 Cavett Avenue in Trafford, Pennsylvania. Call 412-372-3667. Dom Pecora, great guy, great food. Make sure you tell him we sent you.